Acts chapter 3. I was very stirred to turn to this passage after listening to a passage, a message from Pastor Pavel Mofti last Sunday here at the Summit Campus Church, and also from listening twice to Pastor Tim Delina uh, from Times Square Church, the main church in New York City. It seems that we're all saying the same thing. Everyone's moving in the same direction. God is about to do something. It's new, but it's also old. It's, it's, he, he never does anything that he hasn't done before. May I put it that way? He just does the same thing with a new group of people. And we are brought off of the pages of just learning about God to actually walking with God and letting Christ do what only he can do through each of our lives. Acts chapter 3, beginning at verse 1, says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Now, this is just the story of two men who decided to leave their past failures behind and go forward with God. It's no, it's no deeper than that. They had walked with Christ, as, as many have tried to do who are listening to my voice. You've, you've, maybe, maybe some of you have tried to, to be a good person. You've tried to live for God. You've tried to do right. And just like John and Peter, John declared his love and loyalty to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. But when push came to shove in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Scripture says he fled, he fled away naked. He ran. Somebody grabbed his robe, and he just left it behind and took off running. And I know some people may feel like that tonight. You know, I wasn't there. God was there for me, but I wasn't there for God when he needed me. I, 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 I made this profession of bravado. I was going to stand. I was going to speak his name, but I cowered, and I fled at the very time that I was needed the most for him and for his kingdom's sake. And then Peter did something that under the Old Testament law would be virtually un, unpardonable. Peter had cursed with an oath and said, I don't know this man. And you know, when you, when you brought yourself under an oath in the Old Testament, you were vir virtually bound by that oath. I mean, only the blood of Christ could have delivered Peter from what had come out of his mouth. I mean, it was, it was a den the denial of denials, really, of, of the Son of God. And yet, here are these same two men coming into the temple, not too long after these failures, might I add, at the time of prayer. They, they were coming into the temple to pray. They, they were men who knew that they had failed. They knew that their forgiveness was all through Jesus Christ. They knew that the present strength that they possessed was all about God living his life out inside of theirs. And theirs was a story that has been a story throughout history, throughout biblical history. It is a long history. Moses was called of God at a time when he was, in a sense, past age. And he was, it had already had failed. So he was a man who understood, like, I had a chance one time, but I lost my chance, and now I'm too old, in his opinion. 
Esther was called at a time to, to go with God when she felt unlovely and undesired. Gideon was called to go with God when he felt like he and his family were all living in compromise. David was called of God at a time when he felt perhaps too young, untrained in the ways of warfare, the way that others were. But every one of these persons had something in common. In their heart, they said, I'm going with God. I feel that way today. I, I'm 67 years of age. I could easily retire and live a very comfortable life, but I'm choosing not to. Pastor Teresa could retire and live a comfortable life, and she's choosing not to. Pastor Pavel is going to go with God. Pastor Nick is going with God. Pastor Tim Delina is going to go with God. I could name names of people all throughout the sanctuary here tonight that I have this confidence that we are in our hearts are all saying, yes, we, we recognize our struggles as, as Pastor Nick talked about this evening, but we're choosing to go with God. And it was these people who got up and went with God that changed history. It's, it always seems to be when we get to the place where we understand who we are without Christ, that he suddenly becomes everything that he is in us and through us. When Peter and John said to this man, look on us, well, they, they, they were not speaking about themselves. They were, they were in, in essence saying, we want you to see the mercy of God. We want you to see the power of God. We want you to see Christ in us, the hope of glory. We want you to see something that God has done for us and is willing to do for you through us simply by his grace. They were not asking this, this poor beggar at this gate to somehow look at them as if they were something great in the kingdom of God. They knew what they were and they knew they needed the mercy of God. Knowing that, that Jesus Christ does still today choose the weak. He chooses the foolish. He chooses the nothings and the nobodies. I've, I've spoken on this hundreds of times. Knowing these things, what holds so many of us back today? Why, why are so many people sitting on their hands in the house of God? Why are we not going forward into this mountain in the sense of darkness and human need, believing that just as happened with Peter and John, God will use us to raise somebody up and bring an, another testimony of glory to the power that is found in Jesus Christ. I think some of the times that people are called and don't respond is because we fear failure. We all fear failure at times, don't we? We don't want to get up and do something and then look like a fool when we start to do it. We fear rejection. I find that really ironic. People are going to spend eternity in hell crying out for mercy. We, we fear their rejection by, if we stand up for Jesus Christ. Many people are afraid of the unfamiliar. We, we, we gravitate to what's comfortable. We gravitate to what, where we have kind of found our, our, our sweet spot spiritually, may I call it that, where we just say, this is nice. This is where God is for me. This is going to give my, my life some kind of meaning and purpose. And, and we, we don't want to rise up and move into something that we're not familiar with. And even worse, there are many, many in our generation that have settled for what I call a partial victory and semi-glory of God. It's a partial victory and a, it's a semi-glory. You know, you, you see this, this, this gate at the temple was called beautiful. And, and you know, there's people that were going in the temple and they're, they're probably uh, putting their coins in this, this poor man's hand who's been crippled from his mother's womb. He's 40 years old. He's over 40 years old, the scripture tells us. And, and a lot of 
a lot of people passing by into, this, this, into the house of God as it was then and into the time of prayer would, would say, oh, this, isn't this a beautiful temple? And, and isn't it beautiful that beggars feel welcomed here? Isn't it beautiful that people who are lame can, can sit at the door? And isn't it beautiful that we'll give them a, a nickel or a dime as we pass by into the house of God to, to pray? And, and I suppose it is a good thing. It is a good thing that people feel welcomed, in, at least in the proximity of the house of God. But the temple of God was for more than this. The, God's purpose in the earth was for more than to just throw coins at people who are suffering. The purpose of the church of Jesus Christ is not to just build beautiful temples filled with unhealed people. And this is what we have today, folks. I'm going to say it to you straight because I get the prayer tablet uh, every week and I read the hundreds and hundreds of prayer requests coming in from all over the world from people who attend the house of God, who are unhealed, families that are broken, minds that are confused, bodies that are addicted and struggling Children that are wayward and straying. And I just happen to believe that if we choose to go with God, miracles are still possible in our generation. I believe that with all my heart. Where is somebody that says, I will go with God? I don't care what people say. When they said to this lame man, look upon us. And they said, silver and gold, I, we have none. That, that, you know, when you study that, it doesn't mean they were broke. What it means is that technically it means you, you, it's, it's, not, it's not biblical truth to say Peter and John had no money to buy bread or anything like that. They obviously had some resources. But the reality is what they were saying to the man is we don't have what you think you need. What you need is something else. And they said, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Then they reached down and they lifted him up. And the scripture says, they walked into the house of God together and he was leaping and dancing and praising God. And he was holding on to them. A lot of times we don't know the power of God in his house because we don't want to be associated with the poor and the struggling, and the lame, and the addicted, and the afflicted in our society. We want to walk in with our nice titles, and our clean clothes, and our beautiful Bibles, and we want to just fill the house with lame people, and just say, this is good enough, when God says, no, that's not the purpose of my house. That's not the testimony that brings glory to my name. By God's grace, I'm going with God. By God's grace, I want to challenge you Tonight, to go with God, I want to challenge you to get up and become everything God has called you to be. I challenge you not to be ashamed of the struggling and the hungry and the faint and the confused and even those who despise you and despise what you stand for. Have the grace of God. Have that, that heart that says, God, would you literally just fill me with your spirit so that I can say to people, look upon me, but I'm not talking about myself anymore. I'm talking about the power of Christ that is within my life. I'm talking about the purpose of God that goes beyond my own dreams and ambitions and aspirations. I'm talking about a tenderness that comes from the heart of God himself for his own creation. I'm talking about faith that only God can plant in the heart that says it's not sufficient that in your house your bride could be so beaten up and so down and so afflicted. Hallelujah. I don't care anymore if I look like a fool. None of that matters anymore. I want to see and know the presence of God for the sake of people. 
I want to see our children in this generation delivered from the hands and the voices of those that would poison them and confuse them. I want to see marriages healed in the nation. I want to see families put back together. I want to see drug addiction triumphed over. I want to see the house of God literally filled with people singing and dancing and praising God because the Holy Spirit has come and healing has come in the name of Jesus Christ. I feel that if I don't see a spiritual awakening in my lifetime, that my heart is going to break, is going to burst. I find myself praying every day, all day, throughout the day, whether I'm looking out the window or I'm looking in my Bible or I'm just drinking a coffee. I find myself praying for you, for you tonight, you sitting on your couch, you sitting in your car, you watching this on your cell phone, you who just simply don't believe that God loves you or can use your life. Well, I'm going to tell you tonight, as Peter and John said, look at me. I have no reason that I should even be standing here. No pedigree, no skills, no abilities, no righteousness. That means no virtue in my life. I was selfish to the core of my being. I was an angry man. I was a man who didn't care about anybody. I didn't even care about myself. I hated people at one time in my life. But here I am tonight saying to you, look at me in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I stood up. I walked. I was set free from years of hell and panic and fear and anger. And by the grace of God, I'm not ashamed to take your hand and lift you up and we will walk together into the house of God in company. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. And so my brother, my sister tonight, all it takes for you to escape your prison, all it takes for you to, to move from, from living outside to living inside the victory of Christ, that man had to have the courage to get up. I'm, I can reach through to you tonight on the internet and I can figuratively grab your hand wherever you are, but you have to will to get up. And if you do, God will give you the strength and God will do miracles in your life. God will do miracles in your home and before you know it, you'll be in the temple dancing and leaping and praising God. Now, not everybody might like that, but I don't really care anymore. Some of us will. And we will glorify God with you. There's a lady in this, in this campus church, and I told her, I said, this year you're getting out of your wheelchair, and when you do, I'm going to jump and run and dance in the aisles with you. We're going to do a Jericho march in this church. I hope it's on a Tuesday night it happens. I said, but this year you are getting out of that wheelchair. This year God is going to touch your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I plead with you tonight, those that are listening, would you get up and would you come into the house of God? Would you let God touch your life, give you a song, teach you how to dance in his presence, teach you how to shout and praise him because he's done something for you that only God can do.